Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. I want to continue our series today, The Best Life. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's your time to live your best life. I want to speak today from the subject, it's all about the heart. Matthew chapter 25, verse 29. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken. What little they have will be taken. The Bible teaches us that too much is given, much is required. The Bible tells us that when we become faithful in small places, it establishes us so we become rulers over the much. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it in abundance. He said, there is a thief out there looking to steal, looking to devour, looking to destroy, and looking to ultimately kill you, your purpose, and your destiny in the earth. But I've come that you might have life in abundance. The Bible said, those that take what they have and do something with it, invest it wisely, use it wisely, manage it wisely, more will be given, even to abundance. But those who do nothing with what they have, it will be taken away. Jesus shared that with us in the, in the parable of the talents. The ones that used their talents wisely, it was increased. But those that did nothing, they lost it, and it eventually withered and died. You know, we talked last week about managing what we have. But you know, many times it's easy to manage other people's stuff or manage what they do and how they live from afar. If I had this, I'd do that. But sometimes the requirement is not managing them from afar, but managing yourself in the season you are living in. This is what Matthew chapter six says, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I wanna talk to you about finances today, but it's really not a money thing, it's a heart issue. You know, the best life is truly the blessed life. You will never live your best life unless you live your blessed life. Because you can look like you have it all together, but if you're not marked by the blessing of God, you will never see increase in your life. Now that will get you tongue-tied real quick. And you will have a brand new prayer language. But if you understand that God desires to give you your best life by the marking of blessing in your life, it changes the perspective in the way you live your life. Because what you have to understand is we are called. Somebody say, we are called. We are called called to steward well, manage. From the very beginning of the book in Genesis, he put a man and a woman in a garden, a garden that owned a God, a garden created by God, a garden that was literally given to them to manage. So much so that he said, name everything in it. 
Can you imagine the creativity coming out of Adam when he named the eagle and the snail and the turtle and the rabbit? I mean, everything in it he named. God gives you creativity and, and he gives you this broad band in managing and stewarding what he's given you. We are not robots. We have been created with a will. We've been created to make right choices, wrong choices. We've been created to do with or do with not. But when you understand that you are called to manage and steward, I love this definition of steward. It's utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. God has put you and I on this earth to make his creation better. What we do is we steward it well and it increases. And when you understand that you're not just, it's just not a suggestion, but it is an assignment on your life and a responsibility you and I have as a believer. Three areas that you must manage well for your life to be fruitful. First, your faith. Somebody say, my faith. If you manage your faith well and you grow your faith and you mature your faith and you steward it well, everything will work out. That's why he said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Then you have to steward your family well. If you're single, steward yourself well. If you have a wife or a husband, steward your family well. If you have children or grandchildren, steward your family well. It's up to you. You've been given the responsibility. And your finances. We're going to talk a little bit about money today. We're going to talk a little bit about provision in the kingdom. If you will steward your finances well, you will see wealth and increase. The Bible says that the world of the generous just keeps getting larger and larger. But the world of the stingy keeps getting smaller and smaller. If you will be a conduit with the kingdom resources God has given you and not a reservoir, you will walk in blessing and you will find yourself increased in blessing. It gets quiet when we talk about money. We don't talk a lot about money here at City Life, but how many know Jesus took a lot, talked a lot about money because he understood this, the power that it brought to deliver the kingdom into the earth. And here, here's the other side. He understood that if you had the wrong view of money and your heart was not set right with your view of money, it could corrupt you. But here's the reality. God doesn't need your money. And really, City Life doesn't need your money. Man, I got real quiet right there. <laughs> here's what I know. Anything that God has ever called us to, he's always provided for. There's not been anything we've ever done in this church or in this ministry that the favor of God did not mark and we did not have what we needed to walk it out. But here's what I do know. God wants to use your resources. That's why he put them in your life. And when you manage them right, three areas, and we talked about this last week, we'll talk about them next week. First, your time. Somebody say, my time. But hit these quickly. You cannot redeem your time. You cannot get it back. You've only been given so much of it. Manage it well. Not only my time, but my talent. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, you've got talent. Everybody in this room has been gifted with something and God wants to use it. Now, maybe undiscovered resource in your life right now. Maybe you don't really know what it is. Maybe we can help you find that. But I want you to know this. We cannot manage your talent for you and we cannot manage your gift. It's up to you. All we can do is encourage your gift. We can help sharpen your gift. We can help you steward your gift. But it's up to you. You either use it or you put it on a shelf and it becomes dormant. I would challenge you, use your gift because if not, God will find something somebody else gifted to use in your place. If you do not utilize the gift, God wants to use you, but he doesn't have to use you. He doesn't have to use me. He doesn't have to use any of us, but he desires to. The last is your treasure. Somebody say, my treasure. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is the most important thing to you will align with your heart. And here it is right here. 
Here it is. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. With all your increase. All your increase. Look at your hand and say, whatever God puts in my hand, I've been given the responsibility to honor him with it. Here's what Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says. Bring all the tithe. There it is again. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to make it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Here it is right here. He said, if you will put me to the test, I've got good news. I've never failed a test. I've been tested, I've been tried, and I've always passed the test. What we fail to realize sometimes, tithing's not about money. It's a place of testing. It's allowing God to be put first. Whatever you put him first in, it always precedes what is to come. That's why we put him on the first day of our week at the right place. That's what we're doing today. In our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we will establish him at the first of our year. I I find where I put God first, whatever follows after that usually finds its order. Again, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will fall in place. And when we do not trust God and we do not align, see, there's a lot of people that can roar loud in their praise and they can pray hard when it's time to pray but there's trouble trusting God in their finances but I do know this if God can get it through you he will continually get it to you if he can work it through your life and you will become a conduit for kingdom blessing he will you you understand that he finds that you now have not only taken the responsibility but you have been accounted for and found faithful and what he wants to do in this season is allow us to walk with kingdom resources and here's what I want you to talk I want to talk to you about the difference between tithing and giving. Your offering that you give is that what you choose to give to God. It's what you go beyond your tithe. Your tithe already belongs to God. It's already his. Here's really how Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 reads. If we read it starting in verse 8. It's exciting when we read that if we pay our tithe, he's going to open up windows in the heaven. And he's going to rebuke the devourer. But here's how it starts. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean when we, when did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithe and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't be able to have enough room to contain it. Try it. Put me to the test and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Here's what happens. God says, if you put me to the test and you live aligned with blessing, if not, you live aligned with a curse. Now this was so powerful. God spoke this to the people of God and then for 400 years he said nothing. After he has this conversation with the people of God the heavens became silent this little book was given to us and then God shut the heavens up and said nothing else that's how important this principle was in the kingdom why because it connects you vertically in covenant and when you're connected vertically in covenant you become horizontally fruitful and here's what happens God says now we're not having a juice bar today 
But God says, this is what I'm giving you. I'm giving you this to manage. What I'm requiring is this right here. And if you will take this right here and give it to me, this right here will redeem and bless all that you have left. But listen, listen, listen. If you eat this and devour this, everything will be cursed. This establishes covenant. And if you have covenant, all of this will be blessed. But not only what you see, because when I created you, I put seed in you. Now listen to me. Hold on, hold on. Listen to me. Listen to me. I want to teach you something here. Listen to me. What's in you only unlocks through covenant. Because here's what happens. We devour this because we only see this. But when we come into covenant, God unlocks what he's already put in us. And for some of you, there are seeds of destiny and purpose and his plan that are being held back because you are not in covenant with God. Now listen to me. This is not about money. It's being in covenant. It's being aligned. And what I want to challenge you to do for the next season, I want you to try tithing if you've not been a tither. I want you to come into covenant with God over the next 90 days. Close out 2021, walk into 2022 aligned in covenant. But look, it's hard to even say 2022. It's already here. But I want you to walk out of this season and into the next. And I'm telling you, you put God to the test and he will blow your mind. And not only will he blow your mind, if some of it's not going to be in do dollars and cents, but you're going to look over and your sons and your daughters are going to be sitting on the seat next to you. For some of you, it's going to be a re restoration of those things in your home that have been lost. Why? There's seeds of destiny in you and you can't see it, but the Father does because he put it there. He created it. He said, I deposited it in you. And the only way that it's unlocked is if the right order is established in your life. You know, I heard a story about a businessman. He had one old garbage truck. And it was ratty. I mean, it, it didn't run well. He dumped a ton of money in it. And he went to his pastor and said, Pastor, he said, you know, I got this one old garbage truck. And I really, I'm really believing God's going to bless my business. The pastor asked him, he said, are you a tither? He said, I haven't been consistent. He said, I want to challenge you. If you'll tithe over the next season, I'm going to come into agreement with you. And I believe God's going to bless your business. He said, okay. He said, I grabbed him by the hands. I began to pray. And I said, Lord, I pray that you bless his business according to his faith and obedience he has as a tither. It was incredible. God took him from an old truck to a new truck, to three trucks, to five trucks, to fleets of trucks. He became the largest sanitation company in that region. He came to his pastor one day. He said, Pastor, can I talk to you? He said, sure, what's going on? He said, you know, God's really blessed me. He said, I know, it's been amazing. He said, you know, when I had that one truck, and he said, my tithe was just $100 a week. He said, that was easy. He said, now my tithe's it's thousands of dollars a week. He said, and that's really tough to write that check. He said, is there anything we can do about it? He said, sure. He said, I took him by the hand. I said, Father, I pray you take him back to that one garbage truck so that life is easy again. He said, I'm good. Listen, it's all perspective. It's where you're at right now and according to what you've been given. Jesus talked about the measure of how we give will be the measure of how we receive. The Bible teaches us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. Don't fool yourself. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap.
And when you understand that God desires to bless you and he desires to establish you. I love this story. I shared it when we did our Restore the Roar series and I read it this week. It was about a gentleman that in 1902 founded a glass company. And his name was Alexander Kerr and eventually it became Kerr Mason Jars, one of the largest in the world. And in 1902, as he was founding the company, he was sitting on a bench and he saw a little pamphlet called God's Promises. He picked up the book and he began to devour it. The book directing to the book, the Bible, that had all of God's promises. He devoured the Bible. He found out about the principle of tithing and he committed to tithing. In that year, he founded this business and the business began to flourish and grow. In 1906, he was in New York and he was borrowing money to expand the business. The business was growing faster than they could control and while he was in New York, he got word by telegram that an earthquake had hit San Francisco. And he, if you can imagine, a glass company and glass jars do not mix well with an earthquake. In a moment, he was overwhelmed, but he remembered reading about the promise of protection. And he just said, I'm a tither. It's going to be okay. He wrote back and said, we're just trusting everything will be back will be okay. A few days later, as he was getting ready to head back to San Francisco, he got word by telegram. He said, you need to come quick. He said, now there are fires erupting from the earthquake and the area that is ablaze is the area where our wooden warehouses are located. We've not been able to get to them yet since the earthquake, but we're sure that everything has been lost. He got on the train a week's journey, got to San Francisco. He said he got off the train. He said when he was met by his assistant, he said the assistant was smiling. I said, have we lost everything? He said, no, Mr. Kerr, it's been amazing. It's been a miracle. He said, when they got, when the fire subsided and they finally were put out, he said, they got to our wooden warehouse with our wooden fence. And he said, the fire lines, line stopped right at our fence line. He said, they walked into our warehouses and he said, they were amazed after this earthquake had destroyed the entire city. Not one jar or one piece of glass had been broken. He said, but what they were amazed by, that you had written scripture and promises all over the walls of that warehouse. I will tell you this, the, the ground may shake and the fires may roar, but when you know that you are in covenant with the Lord Jehovah, you know that the devourer can't get to you and he can't get to your family and he can't get to what God has put. But here's what happens. Too many people quote the promises of God without being in covenant. You can have this book, you can know this book, you can declare this book but if you are not in covenant with this book it does you no good but if you are in covenant and you say God I have put you first and I believe because of that you are the head of my house you are the head of my family you are the head of this church you are the head of my finances I can rise up and declare no weapon formed against me has the ability to prosper and all that rise against me it must fall I can rise up and declare I am the head and not the tail. I am the first and not the last. I am blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. I am the blessed of the Lord. I can declare because I am in covenant. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, jump to your feet all over the room. Put your hands together because that's the kind of God you serve. But listen to me. I say this not as a critic or in judgment, but as a pastor. You can clap your hands and make noise. But listen to me if you're not in covenant. Huh. 
what is tithe. Committing to pay 10% and give back to God everything he's put in my hand. He said, if you do that, there'll be meat in the temple. What he's saying is this, you're going to allow the kingdom to be advanced and cause the kingdom to be advanced. Abraham, the great father of faith. The Bible said as he encountered Melchizedek, a king and a priest, a type of Jesus, the Bible said he began to tithe. It was one of the most um, blessed seasons and prosperous seasons of Abraham's life. He had just come back with spoils of war. And when he encountered Melchizedek, he committed to tithe. And three things happened because of that encounter. Three things. The first was this. It was a blessing of elevation. Somebody say elevation. The Bible said he went to another level. The second was a blessing of possession. Not only did God allow him to repossess what had been lost, but he began to possess things he had never had. There was a blessing of possession. The third was this. It was the blessing of dominion. And what that is, is authority to stand and put the enemy on notice. What we have possessed, we are going to keep. What we've got and what God has assigned to us is covered. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Three things. He took him to another level. He gave him the ability to possess. And then he established him in a dominion and an authority. It sounds a lot like what happened in the garden. See, that's God still. That you and I would manage his stuff well. But here's what I know. That I can do all of the churchy stuff well. But the power in all I do comes from the covenant that I have. And if I come to him with a covenant of open hands and say, Father, what you give me, I will give back. He amazes you because that's when he shows you things that were already put in you that you knew nothing about. Because in this cantaloupe, every one of these seeds have the power to produce. Some of you don't understand the potential and the power in you. But the only way it's revealed and unlocked is covenant. Is when you honor God. And when you honor God, he honors you. He says, I'm going to take you to another level. I want to allow you to possess. And not just look around and watch everybody else possess. And I want to establish you and your family. and Put a force field of protection and a dominion of authority. So the enemy knows not to even come around your door. That he is messing with the wrong people. That's what I'm going to challenge. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over you and then we're going to worship. I want to challenge you. I've determined in 2022, the Stewart family is going to be more generous than we were in 2021. We're going to bless. Listen, listen, we're going to bless and we're going to be a blessing. We're going to give and we're going to access the promises of God because the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I want my children to see a generous home. I want them to live in a generous home. I want them to experience the blessing of generous people. 
I'm believing as we walk out of this season and into the next, and God moves us from glory to glory, from place to place, there will be things unlocked that we really knew nothing about. For some, it's just a fresh breath of his presence. For some, it's restoration in your family. For others, it's broken places that he's mending back together. For some, it's increasing your finances. But whatever it is, I know there is a God that is more than enough. I want you to do something with me. I want you to look at your hands. And if you mean this, say, I commit over the next 90 days. Now, if you're already a tither, you just recommit. But if you have not been a tither, say this, say, I commit over the next 90 days to prove God and trust him with everything he puts in my hands. I will tithe and I will give. I will walk in covenant with the Lord Jehovah. Amen. Now lift those hands. I want to pray this over you. Numbers chapter 6. I want to bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now look at me. The blessed live in peace. The blessed walk in peace. The blessed worship in peace. Because there's an understanding that God's got this and it may be rocky today and there may be an earthquake in my life, but there's provision in my tomorrow so I can walk through a storm, but I live in peace because I am marked by blessing. Now take those hands that you have promised to make covenant with and put them together and give them praise. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today, and we'll see you next time.